Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Are you willing to suffer for the truth, to be misunderstood, to be looked down upon, to be hated, to be persecuted? Are you willing to suffer for the truth? You know, it's easy to live our Catholic faith in the privacy of our own homes and the adoration chapel. It's easy to live our Catholic faith when we're with good Catholic friends, other good Catholic families in our small group, in our parish. But when we step out into this secular world, where we're with people that have very different worldviews, are we willing to still stand close to Jesus and stand up for the truth, for the truth of what he really revealed to us? You know, there are many people in the world today, maybe in our workplaces, maybe in our neighborhoods, maybe even in our own extended family that don't like our views. They, they feel uncomfortable because we stand up for life or we stand up for marriage. This next week, the Catholic Church is getting ready to celebrate the great feast of the Passion of St. John the Baptist. Now, it's interesting. We think about the Passion of our Lord Jesus Christ in Lent and especially during Holy Week, but the Church holds up the Passion of St. John the Baptist as well. And if you know the story, St. John the Baptist was uh, someone who, who stood up for truth, He stood up for the truth about the definition of marriage, and it cost him. It came with a price. It hurt. He could have sat back and said, oh, I'm not going to say anything, or, oh, that's not my business, or, no, 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 but, but he loved Jesus. He loved God. He loved the truth, and he loved Herod. And so he proclaimed the truth and found himself canceled, found himself thrown into prison. And he eventually lost his head. I think it's just fascinating that the Catholic Church holds up this feast day for us to remind all of us that we're called to stand up for the truth, to stand close to Jesus. Truth is not an abstract concept. It's not just like, oh, there's some ideas over there and these philosophical principles I I have to hold on to in my head intellectually. No, no. Truth is a person, Jesus Christ. And when we hide from the truth, when we water down the truth, when we're afraid to stand up for the truth because of what other people may think of us, we're not standing close to Jesus. It saddens Jesus when we do that. We, we hurt our relationship with him. How, how do we stand up for the truth well in our secular age? How do we do it and not be crazy, you know, radical fundamentalists, you know, but how do we do it in a way that we're not cowardly and always not talking about the faith, the things that matter most in the world today? That's what our secular world wants us to do. It wants to silence our witness. How do we stand up for the truth in the midst of a secular world? That's what we're going to talk about in this week's podcast. So welcome to All Things Catholic. I'm your host, Edward Sri. Great to be with you again. I want to welcome any new listeners joining us here for the first time. Thanks for checking out the show. Uh, Especially, I want to welcome anyone from Europe that may be joining us here today. I just made a tour through Europe. I was in Passau, Germany, and in Munich recently. 
I was visiting some of our focus missionaries that are there in Passau. And then in Vienna, my first time to Austria. It was beautiful, wonderful to be with the the missionaries there as well. And then I traveled off to London, and it was such a blessing to be able to speak at the Jesus Youth National Conference in the United Kingdom, uh, meeting so many young Catholic professionals, young single people, young families. Really just just a, a great blessing seeing so much zeal for the Lord, love for Jesus, wanting to go deeper. Please pray for all the faithful there in the UK and and, and those uh, working in focus there in Germany and Vienna as well. They definitely are men and women that are feeling the pressure of trying to stand up for the faith in a very secular Europe. It's really challenging. If we think we have challenges here in the United States, um, in, in Europe, it is it is much more intense. So please pray for them. And let's pray for ourselves that we may, as we approach this feast of the Passion of St. John the Baptist, which comes up every year on August 29th, uh, that we may we may be like John the Baptist. Let's ask his intercession for us that we may have the courage to stand up for the truth. Now, let's just remind ourselves of the story. You you know the basics here. Uh, John the Baptist was preparing the way of the Lord. He's preaching repentance and announcing the kingdom of heavens at hand. But part of that repentance wasn't just a, a, a call to repent in a general way. Hey, if you have some sins, go go work on them, you know, try to improve, get better, overcome your weaknesses. John the Baptist did the hard thing. He he called King Herod to repent. And to repent of a specific sin, a sin that was very public. Everyone knew that King Herod had done something horrible. He stole his brother's wife. His brother Philip had a wife and King Herod took her. He committed adultery. And it was public. Everybody knew about it. Everyone's afraid to say something. Oh, I shouldn't talk about it. I'll get in trouble. I don't know what what'll happen if I, I don't want to say anything. I don't like that he did that, but I'm not going to say anything. I'm so scared. John the Baptist did not let his fear keep him from standing up for the truth. John the Baptist called him on it, and he did it because he, he loved Herod. He loved Herod, and he wanted what was best for Herod, and he knew that this wasn't good for Herod. It wasn't good for Herod, the woman he was with. It wasn't good for Philip. That this was, It wasn't good for the, the whole nation having this adulterous king. And so in Mark chapter 6, John the Baptist says to him, It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. So he challenges him on this. It was fascinating. If you read Mark 6, actually Herod was moved. It wasn't as if Herod just hated John the Baptist. He he heard those words. He was fascinated by John the Baptist, interested in who this was, this prophet figure. And but he felt he felt challenged. He was the Bible says he was perplexed. You could tell he was wrestling with this. But Herodias, Philip's wife that he that Herod had taken, she hated John the Baptist. Hated that he was calling them out on this. And so eventually, we know from other gospels, John the Baptist was thrown into prison, and eventually he ends up being beheaded. What do we see from this story? We see that to stand up for the truth isn't just like I stand up for my favorite political party or I stand up for my favorite team or uh, this is my favorite band. You know, no, it's it's not like that. Truth is important for us to live life. If I don't see the truth, I'm not going to be able to live the way God made us. And, and I won't be able to have the fullness of life. That's why Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I need to see the truth. I need to see the truth about who God is, about who I am, why I'm here, how do I live. 
the moral life, the truth about like the Ten Commandments, the Beatitudes, the virtues. I, I need that. Yes, to get to heaven. Yes, to be a good Christian. But I just need that to be a, a flourishing human being. If I want to be happy, I need to follow God's plan for my life. God has a plan. He made me. He made me in a certain way. And if I follow that that plan, I live according to that plan, I, I will be happy. But when I live outside of that plan and I just want to make up my own plan and I want to define myself however I want, that's when I, I'm going to suffer. I'll be frustrated in life. Uh, I, I won't experience happiness. I won't be thriving And so why did John the Baptist want to call Herod on his adultery? It's because he loved Herod. And to love is to will the good of the other, the church says. That's what love is. I want what's best for you. And John the Baptist wanted what was best for Herod. And so he preached the truth. That's why we want to share the truth with our family members, our friends, people in the culture. It's because we love them. We want them to live according to God's plan. We want them to live in God's love, to experience God's love more, and to share God's love more. That's that's why we want to share the truth. But are you willing to suffer for the truth? Are you willing to stand up for the truth when it's going to be hard? Now, I want to offer some introductory points here. You know, First of all, we're talking about standing up for the truth. We're talking about being willing to suffer for the truth, like John the Baptist, but I want to be clear that the Catholic teachings about how we evangelize is, you know, we don't hit people over the head with the gospel. You know, we're called to, to love people, to love everyone, wherever they're at, whatever their beliefs, whatever their lifestyles are. They are, are children of God. They are made in the image and likeness of God. No matter how contrary to the gospel their, their beliefs are, no matter how contrary to Christ's teachings their lifestyles are, they, they are made in the image and likeness of God still. They are truly meant to be his children, and, and they have great dignity. And we're called to respect them for who they are as, as sons and daughters of, of God, created in his image and likeness. They have dignity as human persons. And, and so we're going to be warm. We're going to go out to them. We're going to be respectful of them. Pope Francis emphasizes this. JP2 did this as well. The idea of, you know, we, we, can, we can be friends with people we disagree with. We can have conversation, we can have dialogue. And, and when we're sharing our faith, a second point from Pope Benedict here is, you know, when we're sharing our faith with people who really are coming from a whole different worldview, we want to focus on the heart of the gospel. We don't need to lead off with, hey, let me teach you about papal infallibility. They don't even believe in Jesus, much less a pope. So you're not going to get very far trying to convince them of papal infallibility in an opening conversation, or your opening conversation shouldn't be those tough moral issues. You know, if they ask a question, we have to answer it. But I, I, when I'm evangelizing someone on a plane and, and they ask me something about my Catholic faith, why are you Catholic? I don't say, oh, because of humana vitae, because contraception is wrong. That's just not the heart of the gospel. It, it's essential. I have to stand up for that as a Catholic. Uh, absolutely. And we, we teach that, but that's not the heart of the gospel message. It, the, the heart of the gospel is the story of God's love. That's what they need to hear, that there's a God that that freely chose to bring us into existence. He didn't have to create us. He he he's love, and he he wanted to share his love, and so he he brought us into existence so that he could share his love with us. It's amazing. He didn't have to do that. And even though we've sinned and turned away from him, didn't follow his plan, he still sought us out, and he was full of mercy and forgiveness. He even sent his son to die for us. And to rise so that we can have new life in him. And that, and that Jesus wants to fill us with his life to not just forgive us, 
not just to pardon us, but to, to heal us. He, he wants to transform our, our hearts and our weaknesses and heal us of our many sins and defects and wounds and hurts and sufferings. He, he really wants to do this for us so that we could be with him forever in heaven. That's, that's the great message, that no matter what we've believed in the past, no matter what we've done in the past, that past doesn't have to define us, that we could start anew with God, that he's so gentle and so patient and so willing to forgive. He even died for us. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's it's just amazing his his love for us, and we want to lead with the story of God's love. Pope Benedict emphasized this that when we're out speaking in the secular world, like in the media or something, especially where you have to speak in sound bites, <laughs> you know, we don't want to get into those rabbit holes and and those 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 essential doctrines we have to believe, you know, about the definition of marriage or church's teaching on contraception, whatever the tough topic is, you know, we, we, ha- we have to hold on to those. We have to be willing to die for those, but they're not the lead-off topics. So we're talking about standing up for the truth and being willing to suffer for the truth, but I want to highlight two things. We've talked about how, why do we want to stand up for the truth? It's all about love. If I want to love the people in my life, I want to share the truth with them so they can be happy, so they can thrive. Secondly, we talked about how when we do this, though, we want to focus on the heart of the gospel. So initially, if someone doesn't even believe in Jesus, they don't, don't even believe in God, that they think they're not worthy of love, that they've never received authentic love, those are important issues to address ideally earlier. Again, if someone pointedly asks a question about the doctrines of the church, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to run away from those. I need to say, I need to share the truth. But, but, I, but I prefer not to lead off with those things. I, I want them to have a relationship with God. I want them to understand God's love and his mercy and, and, and who Jesus is in, in the church. And then I, I can go, there's a more of a foundation so that I can go to those tougher issues. Thirdly, we're called to reach out to those that are lost. You know, the, the church talks about going to the peripheries. John Paul II, great St. John Paul II, often went out to people of different religions, different backgrounds, and had dialogue with them. We're called to love them, and we should never judge others, judging other souls. We know that we can judge actions, and we can judge, make a judgment, oh, that's not good for them, or that's, a, you know, that's not according to God's plan. <laughs> we can do that, but we don't judge their soul. We don't know their background, their situation before God. That's between them and God alone. So we're reaching out to everyone. We're focusing on the heart of the gospel. We're we're sharing the truth because we love them. But what I want to zoom in on today, though, is are we willing to stand up for the truth? The truth about human life, for example, that human life is sacred and we should protect human life from conception all the way to natural death. To stand up, especially in our present environment, and say that, You're going to get looks, stares, anger, hatred. Are you willing to stand up for the church's teachings about our responsibility to care for the poor, not just to accumulate masses of wealth for ourselves and possessions, but to really be generous, not just with our money, but with our time and encountering the poor? That's just what it means to be Catholic. And people don't like to hear that. The definition of marriage, are you willing to stand up for the truth about marriage? Like John the Baptist knowing that you'll be really hated in our world for that. Are you willing to stand up for what Genesis 1.27 taught, that God created us male and female? You know, if we say these things in this world, we will be misunderstood. We will be opposed. People will fight against us. We could be canceled. We could be hated. John the Baptist stood up for truth. He loved Herod and he loved Jesus, who is the truth. So he stood up for truth. 
How about you? Now, I want to be clear. It doesn't mean we have to talk about these hard things all the time. As I mentioned earlier, there were times on Good Friday, Jesus was silent, that he didn't speak because he knew it wasn't going to do much good. It would probably do more harm, so he just stayed silent. But when he did have to speak, he didn't cower. He didn't run away from the truth. When he had to speak, he spoke. He spoke with conviction, and it led him to the cross. How about you? Are you willing to speak the truth to your brother, to your roommate, to your friend, to your coworker? Are you willing to share the truth? This feast of the passion of St. John the Baptist reminds us we must be willing to do this. I, I want to share with you something that uh, Jesus himself says in John chapter 15. John chapter 15, verses 18 through 19. Listen to this. He says, if the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not of the world, therefore the world hates you. What does that mean? What's he talking about here? So he's saying that, you know, the world hated him. We know that. I'm good for, you know, uh, in his preaching, he was often opposed and misunderstood. And the Pharisees and Sadducees are constantly fighting against him and he's about to be killed here. He, he says these words that, uh, at the Last Supper in his farewell discourse. Uh, but he's saying that if you were of the world, the world would love its own. In other words, if, if you just compromise with the world, you just kind of stay silent because you want to fit in. You want people to like you. You don't, you know, so you don't want to stand up for the truth. That, that's, that's what the world wants. The world wants you to, to relativize your faith, to just say, oh, this is just for me. This is just what I believe. And this is just what I think. And this is just my morality. That's what the world wants you to do. The world wants you to become a relativist. The idea that there's no truth that's true for everyone, but that you can have your own truth and that's fine for you. As long as you don't say that that's true, that truth is true for everyone. So you can have your truth, I can have my truth, but there's no truth that's true for everyone. <laughs> that's what the world is constantly getting us Christians to try to move toward a position of relativism, to silence our witness. And when we compromise with the world like that, and we don't say that there is a truth that's true for everyone, then the world likes us. The world likes us when we compromise truth. The world likes us when we play for me morality. Well, for me, marriage is this. For me, human life begins at this time. But if other people think human life begins later, that's fine for them. If other people think marriage is, is this way, that's fine for them. Again, we're going to love the people we disagree with. We can even go out and reach out and be friends and, and respect people we disagree with. But we are going to disagree with them if we're faithful Christians, but for faithful to Jesus, the truth. I have to stand up for the truth. Are you willing to let other people know what you really believe? Are you willing to suffer for the truth? Jesus says, but I chose you of the world, therefore the world hates you. I chose you out of the world. So for truly out of the world, really following Jesus, the world, there's going to be misunderstandings. There's going to be family members that think you're just too religious. There's going to be coworkers that think, man, that, that you're, you got these weird beliefs, you know, and, and that's going to happen. But if you don't have persecution in your life, if you don't have people that misunderstand you, if you're always trying to fit in, you're always trying to be liked by everybody around you in this world, the devil has you in a compromised position. Jesus is inviting you out of that. He's calling you out of the world to follow him, to pick up your cross and follow him. And if Jesus goes on and he says this, he says, if they persecuted me, they will persecute you. Are you willing to face that persecution like John the Baptist? Now, 
let's practically, I'm going to close with some practical points here. This is all fun, you know, and easy to talk about in an ideal. Okay, yeah, I got to run with Jesus and be willing to be persecuted. But when it comes right down to it and you have to actually do it in the moment, it's kind of scary. <laughs> so what are some practical things here? First of all, I just want you to know, as a Christian disciple, you should expect to be persecuted. You should expect to be misunderstood. You should expect to be hated. That's what Jesus says. He said, pick up your cross and follow me. He didn't say, pick up your feather pillow and follow me. <laughs> he just told it's going to be a cross. If you're going to follow Jesus, you will have to embrace the cross. And part of that cross is going to be misunderstandings, opposition, being looked down upon, <laughs> losing your, your, your the respect of other people. Uh, that's, just, that's just going to happen when you're living in a secular world and following Jesus. So expect to be persecuted. You know, there's a great battle we're fighting in the culture, isn't there right now? Is a great battle going on all around us. And if you are, if you're a soldier on the battlefield and you go out in the battlefield and, and, and people start shooting at you, you don't act surprised. You don't go, oh, wow, why, why are they shooting at me? Uh, why am I being shot at? No, no. When you go on the battlefield, you, you should be expecting that the other side's going to be shooting at you. And there is a spiritual battle happening in our culture, in the world. And we're soldiers for Jesus. We're, we're, we're following him. We're following our king. We're going to get people shooting at us. So expect persecution. Don't expect, oh, I found Jesus. It'll be a comfortable life now and everyone will like me. Expect not to be liked. Jesus said, if the world hated me, it will hate you also. It's going to happen. It doesn't happen all the time. There'll be many people that might be inspired by your witness. They may have conversion. And, 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 but we should expect there will be those times of misunderstanding and, and persecution. Second thing, to prepare ourselves to be the kind of men and women who are willing to suffer for the truth, we have to be willing to take up our daily cross. And this is a point St. John Henry Newman makes. That, you know, when we're in our little Christian communities, you know, at our parish with other families, other Catholic friends and young adults and, you know, where it's comfortable, you're in kind of the jacuzzi with these other comfortable Christians, you know, I, I, you call it jacuzzi Christianity when you're, you're just kind of comfortable with the people around you that have the same beliefs. It's easy to live Christianity there, right? But when you step out in the secular world, it's harder. So how do I prepare myself for when I, I have to stand up for the truth with my boss, and I could not get the promotion. I might lose my job. How do I stand up for the truth with that family member? And, and, and I just gonna, I'm going to see them every year and they're going to look down upon me. How do I stand up for the truth with that, that old friend? And, and if I share the truth, I'm afraid that they're going to hate me and not want to be my friend anymore. Uh, or I've got this relative has, is going to have this wedding. And, and because of the situation, I, I don't think I can go to this wedding if I stand up for truth. And, and, and yet my whole family is going to be upset with me. What, these are things Christians face all the time. How do I prepare myself? for those big moments of facing the cross, well, I think Newman would remind us it's by picking up our daily cross and the little things each day. Am I willing to endure discomfort? <laughs> you know, it's, oh, the, the air conditioning is not working. Am I going to whine and complain about it? Can I, can I practice a little mortification and deal with the heat? Uh, can, I, can I do some fasting? A big one here, and I've talked about this with some friends recently, it's, you know, do I, do I always have to you know, defend my reputation all the time. Like if, if my wife misunderstands or a coworker misunderstands something, do I feel like I have to defend myself and always prove I was right? Because if, if I'm so attached to being liked, if I'm so attached to being accepted, so attached to what other people think, 
on small matters, I'm, I'm never going to be really free to stand up for the truth on bigger matters. So practice little sacrifices now. That could be fasting. It could be enduring little hardships, little sufferings. But I think most especially the idea of being willing to endure misunderstandings. You know, when your spouse, you know, accuses you of something and, you know, they misunderstand, do you have to defend yourself every time? I mean, sometimes you need to so they know that you weren't trying to hurt them or something. But I'm just talk about those little things that go on in life. Is it really worth it? You know, or you know, in the office or with your friend group, do you do you have to defend yourself all the time? Because if you can practice accepting being misunderstood, accepting someone, you know, you know, not, not maybe not seeing things the right way about you or something, like in in a small matter, that 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 exercise of your will will prepare you to stand up for the truth in bigger matters. Third thing, practice standing up for the truth in small ways. You know, so like, let's say your roommate brings up a, a certain topic and you go, oh, I don't know if I want to go there. I'm afraid of what my roommate will think. If it's a, a smaller matter, practice standing up for the truth there. Maybe it's a family member and, you know, it, it's not going to cost you tons, but it is going to be a little uncomfortable to talk about the truth. Again, I, I think to find opportunities in little ways to stand up for the truth now will prepare us for bigger things when we may lose our job, when we may lose a relationship, uh, when, when something bigger is on the line. If I don't practice standing up for the truth in little things, I'm always avoiding the truth, then I'm training my will to cower under persecution. I'm training my will to compromise, and I will never be like John the Baptist. Finally, last thing, of course, is pray. Pray for the grace to be willing to suffer for the truth. Pray for the grace to be like St. John the Baptist. Ask Jesus, Jesus, help me to stand close to you. I know myself. I know I'm weak. I know I like to fit in. I like to be liked. Just tell Jesus. Be honest with him. He loves it when we're honest with him. And just, just pour your heart out and say, but Jesus, I don't want to do that. On this on this feast coming up, August 29th, of the Passion of St. John the Baptist, pray, Jesus, I pray that if that's what you call me to, to some kind of persecution, if you call me to some great persecution like John the Baptist did, I, I pray that I have the grace to be faithful to you. I know myself, Jesus. I know how weak I am. I know how much I hate suffering. I know how much I hate people misunderstanding me and, 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 and not liking me. I love to fit in. Jesus, I know my weakness. Please help me. Beg him now. Beg him for the grace to persevere in persecution. The grace to be willing to suffer for the truth. If you enjoyed this show and you want to go deeper into this in practical ways on how we talk about the truth in our secular world, how do we share truth in a culture that doesn't believe in truth in a relativistic world, check out my book, Who Am I to Judge? It's called Who Am I to Judge? Responding to Relativism with Logic and Love. It's full of a lot of practical tips, practical examples of how you can have these kinds of conversations. Again, uh, the book is called Who Am I to Judge? Responding to Relativism with Logic and Love, put up by Ignatius Press. You can find it also on my website. That's edwardsreed.com, edwardsri.com. Thanks for listening and God bless.